Welcome to the Providence Health Coaching Podcast. My name is Colleen Kuhn, registered dietitian and health coach. And my name is Will Bruce, and I am a certified personal trainer and health coach. This podcast is focused on helping you create sustainable lifestyle changes by first identifying your values and needs, and then transforming your goals into action. In this podcast, we'll discuss all the things you need to know to succeed with making healthy lifestyle changes. We'll cover behavior change psychology, effective goal setting, and how to stay motivated, as well as healthy nutrition, exercise, reducing stress, losing weight, and more. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Hey gang, welcome back to the show. In commemoration of American Heart Month, we are devoting today's episode to the subject of heart health. Now joining us today is Dr. Jamie Beckerman. He's a Providence cardiologist, author of a great book on heart health called Heart to Start, expert chainsaw bear carver, and just all around decent guy. Jamie, appreciate you being here, sir. Welcome. I'm very, very glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Jamie, helping people keep their hearts healthy doesn't just seem like a job to you. It seems like it's your personal mission. I'm wondering, when did you first realize this was your mission? It's a great question. Um, and I'm going to agree with you off the top that uh, it does feel that way to me. Um, we're so lucky to get to do what we do as healthcare providers. And when I feel that I've been able to have an impact on somebody from a prevention standpoint or from helping to treat uh, a diagnosis of heart disease, it's, it's, it's everything. And I think that getting people excited about the possibility of prevention is probably at the top of that list for me. It's funny, um, you know, I, I think that uh, the decisions that we make along the way, no matter what we choose to do in life, they obviously inform the path that we take. But then I think the random things that happen along the way during that path kind of impact your, your attitudes, your reasoning, your kind of, uh, thoughts behind how you ended up there in the first place. I think one sort of affects the other. And I think for me in particular, the passion around helping people is something that continues to evolve. And when I have an awesome experience talking with somebody in the exam room or out on the track, it just kind of feeds that and it I, I think just solidifies the idea that this is a mission and the the passion you have around it gets just a new a, a new breath of fresh air or just a new angle on it. So I, I think that probably applies to a lot of people uh, in you know different types of jobs or pursuits or things they they uh, do with their lives. It's just great if you know that you're on the right path and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been great so far. That's great. It's 
it's obvious to me in my interactions with you and with the hard to start groups that you lead that you're a really positive force in the community. And, um, so it's, it's, it's clear to me that you really have yourself just personally invested in helping people improve their, their heart health. And I love it. You mentioned that you have had some awesome experiences with people you work with. And I imagine that you've had some pretty memorable patient experiences. What's one that has made a really lasting impression on you? Oh man, so many to choose from. Um, one of the, you know how, like when you think about your life, you have these little snapshots, almost like a, like a five second, like movie reel. And you kind of capture these things in your memory as sort of like stop action animations that last for a few seconds. And, but they just sort of encapsulate the entire moment. Um, one of those moments for me actually has to do with our Heart to Start program. So, um, you know, for folks out there who aren't as familiar with it, uh, this is a community exercise and activity program that we have uh, provided for free to the community. Um, a lot of different communities throughout Oregon and, and Washington State since 2012. And generally, uh, our uh, fitness experience ends with a 5K that people train for throughout the season. And along the way, we learn different things about nutrition and, and gear and, and uh, strengthening exercises. And you've helped us out with that a bunch of times. Um, but one memory that just sticks with me is this visual, like, you know, this animated montage or, or whatever you'd call it, where one of our participants who really started our program without much confidence in herself and had never really participated in a in an exercise program certainly not exercising with other people and probably more than anyone she just absolutely embraced the program made all these friends came out of her shell felt confident and um as you might guess, completed the 5K successfully. But the, the visual that I have in my mind as I'm talking to you about it is watching her cross the finish line and a bunch of her friends were waiting for her and they're all wearing their, their team t-shirts and there's music going on from the event and they all just start dancing and like kind of crazy dancing, uh, you know, at the finish line. And they just felt so comfortable and so, so much of, you know, this is our thing. We belong here. And I think that for a lot of people who are looking at prevention um, through healthier lifestyles, I think that there are some people out there who feel like, well, that, you know, I don't belong there. I'm not one of those people on the, you know, the, uh, the Peloton commercial or Bowflex or, or whatever, the, you know, the product that's being sold where 
these ripped people, you know, just came from their modeling gig and are now in some, you know, $5 million apartment in New York on an exercise bike. That doesn't apply to a lot of us. But when that's the message that we've been uh, sold or communicated about over the years, you start to internalize it. And so I really believe that any um, sustained approach to a healthier lifestyle has to be based in a sense of belonging. And that's really one of the core values of our Heart to Start program and other types of programs that we do, that everyone is welcome. That seems to be a, a really important feature. I love that. Right. I love that. I, I, I mean, I think one of our core human needs as a person is to feel like we belong and to feel like we have a sense of community and to feel like we fit in. So that's so, so important. And I'm glad you incorporate that. I was trying to define what is the the feature of your Heart to Start program that makes it so successful. And after hearing you share about that memorable experience, it seems to me that you make it approachable to everyday people. And, and also that it seems to be strongly socially supportive. People bond with, with one another on this path towards better heart health. Yeah, and and I think it's also important for us to remember that, you know, you mentioned everyday people. And the reality is most of us are everyday people. I have this funny memory from uh, one of my, my favorite coming of age films, Revenge of the Nerds, which uh, there's this group of, of nerds and they're kind of facing off against the the beautiful people who are, who are like the jocks and and just you know all the the fancy people and at one point one of the nerds kind of declares there are more of us than there are of you and i i think it's just kind of a funny thing to remember especially you know if you're feeling like oh man i don't know how to get started oh i i just don't understand how to do this i'm not one of those people who just you know goes vegan on monday and then you know it, it runs a marathon on friday the reality is no one's really like that there are, there are plenty of us out there who are just you know real people who uh, are just trying to make their way and frankly are trying to achieve balance and don't live in a world where their healthy lifestyle is is the dominant force. There's other things. There's there's work. There's family. There's other pursuits, and so I think that reminding people that it's okay to uh, just be finding your way in all of this, and just the knowledge that most people are in the same boat that you are, actually is kind of uh, invigorating and maybe inspiring. Um, you know, I think that one thing that this uh, pandemic has taught us is the reminder that everyone has experienced something and not in the same way that everyone has different challenges. And, uh, but at the end of the day, everyone's going on their own journey. And uh, 
you can sometimes recognize that yours is is not as as lonely as it sometimes feels like it needs to be. That's great. Colleen, you want to ask Jamie a few questions? Yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit about nutrition. <clears throat> you know, the the definition of a healthy diet seems to be debated even around doctors and even around my fellow dietitians. So in your mind, what, what are the features of a heart healthy diet? What are some of those components? I'd be curious to hear. Sure. This is one of those really tough questions because as you know, uh, we're somewhat limited in the data that we have about what's healthy. And some people listening to that might be like, what? You know, you've been telling us for years, you medical people, that we can't eat this or have to eat that. Um, but I remind people that if you think of food as medicine, uh, consider for a moment how we know which medicines are helpful and which could be harmful. Well, there's this thing called research. And traditionally, research is done with a lot of rules. Um, you have to have placebos. Uh, the person doing the research on you can't know which intervention you're having, whether you're taking the red pill or the blue pill. And the patient themselves can't know which one that they're having because we don't want to bias them. And at the end of the day, we always look at hard outcomes. And what I mean by that is what matters? Well, what matters is whether you're healthy. It's whether you live longer, things that you can really count and, and use as data. But when we look at nutrition data, that's so much harder to do. Um, imagine if you know the, the three of us decided right now, okay, we're going to randomly assign one of us to be keto, one of us to be vegan, and one of us to eat a Mediterranean diet. Okay, see you back in five years. Let's see how we did. First of all, the likelihood that any of us would stay on our prescribed diet is about zero. And then the likelihood that at least one of us wouldn't show up in five years for the discussion is probably 100%. <laughs> and so you start to think to yourself, well, gosh, how do we end up doing nutrition research? And at the end of the day, most nutrition research historically has been based upon either food diaries where the three of us might say, yeah, I eat, uh, I eat fish five times a week, I think. And one of us might say, yeah, I, I eat a lot of candy. And, and we start to try to develop correlations between those self-reported behaviors and health outcomes. You can imagine that's not perfect either because, you know, the one of us who said that they ate healthy all the time maybe was not telling the truth all the time. I don't know. Um, so my point is that there's lots of inherent challenges in the way that we study these things. So therefore it gets harder to get into the weeds about which diet is better because that means that you have to do really, really uh, good research comparisons between diets that are both considered maybe healthier than kind of the standard American diet, but compared to each other, it's harder to tell. So I think that honestly, what, what, what kind of governs my thinking about this 
is just trying to simplify it. Um, while I imagine that there are good characteristics about the diets that have these labels to them, whether it's keto, Mediterranean, um, vegan, at the end of the day, if you start to break things down into simpler parts and just say, listen, let's eat less food. Let's eat less processed food. Let's eat maybe a little bit less meat than we think we needed to eat. And let's try to focus on more vegetables and fruits. You can call that diet whatever you want, but I guarantee it's going to be healthier for the vast majority of people than what they're probably eating right now. I just tend to think that when we get too prescriptive, you know, you have to eat five servings of this on Tuesdays. It just, I, I, I think as, as entertaining as that might be for like one or two weeks, after one or two weeks, you just get tired of it. And so I prefer to think of diet as just general lifestyle. Um, I mean, a, a, an, an example for me might be that, you know, I eat a lot of my lunches in a hospital cafeteria. And so my own internal rule is I'm going to try to eat the vegetarian option, regardless of what's available. That's just going to be my general goal. And I don't get mad at myself if I don't do it on a particular Tuesday, but the majority of the time I do it. And I, you know, feel good about myself. Like, yeah, I, I ate lots of vegetables today at lunch. Um, so that's a long answer to your simple question, but it, I definitely think that um, we in the healthcare fields have contributed to some confusion and, and uh, kind of, you know, driving people crazy about this stuff when maybe we could be approaching it a little more simply. I totally agree. Yeah, it's, it's about the it's about repetition of the fundamentals. Like, how can we make this simpler? And unfortunately, like we live in a culture, you know, a diet culture, where there's we're distracted by the next shiny object and you know the the next diet, the next thing to do. When um, really, like repetition of the fundamentals is the way to go. Although it's not as sexy as the shiny object and the the you know the next diet. However that is the thing that is going to get us to where we want to go. And also I like to encourage my clients to like listen to their bodies and f really figure out like what works for them because yeah, maybe you want to try a vegan diet. Um, and, and, but maybe over time, like that doesn't really work for you. Maybe including some animal products might be helpful or, or maybe you do a keto diet and you feel terrible and then you keep forcing yourself into that, uh, diet and you, you keep feeling terrible. So I can like to continue to encourage my clients to, to listen to their bodies, repetition of the fundamentals, keep it simple. And, you know, and, uh, sounds like that's what you agree with as well. Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, what about in terms of exercise? What are, what are some kinds of exercise that can protect the heart that can, um, create, uh, more, more heart health? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the short answer is anything. Um, and within uh, reason, more is probably better. Um, 
you know, you may have heard about uh, various recommendations about, well, what's the right amount of exercise? Should I be doing 150 minutes of, of moderate intensity exercise per week or 75 vigorous minutes per week? I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I just don't think about my life in those terms. I would never think to myself, I did 35 minutes today. Well, I only have 115 left for the rest of the week and I get a gold star. That, that for me, that's uh, starts to fall into the, the kind of more restrictive dietary uh, language. Um, the approach that I take is that I personally think that we should have a goal of trying to move our bodies every day. Um, and the way that I approach that is I think of exercise uh, almost like an appointment as a responsibility that I have to myself. Um, and when people have appointments and responsibilities, they typically do things at a particular time and schedule. And obviously everybody has different uh, life experiences and ways that it can be harder or easier to fit various things in. Um, but I'll joke with patients sometimes. I'll say, listen, I'm going to pay you $100 for every 30 minutes that you exercise over the next week. Tell me when you're going to do it right now. It's amazing how <laughs> people can answer that question. <laughs> and then I tell them I lie and I will not be paying them anything. <laughs> um, so for me, I exercise every morning before work. Um, get up earlier. I do a combination of aerobic exercise, strength training, sometimes a little bit of yoga mixed in. And I just, uh, I believe in a lot of variety and doing things in different ways. I'm a huge fan of Netflix. If you have a treadmill or, or some kind of fitness equipment at home and doing your exercise in front of a television that can kind of help the time go by if, if you don't tend to love what you're doing at the time. Um, also a big fan of uh, fitness apps. I know there's a million of them out there. Um, I use the Nike Training Club app. It's free and there's at least 50 different uh, routines uh, that you can do. Um, I personally believe that if you have the ability to have some fitness equipment at home, I think it's a very, very good investment. Um, if that means a, a couple of uh, dumbbells, uh, if you're in a position where you could have a treadmill, even better, but you don't need one. It, you, everything that you want to do, you can honestly do in place and even without equipment. So there's just so much variety out there. And um, I, I really believe that it's almost just like a responsibility to, to you know, do something good for yourself every day. The thing I love about it is that it really creates a halo effect. Um, much in the same way that, you know, let's say you eat that lunch and in my example I gave before, I eat the vegetarian lunch, which is like just my little personal goal. I feel just kind of good about myself after having done that. And then, you know, when I get back to my office and I'm faced with the elevator or the stairs, 
I'm thinking in some subconscious way, I'm the guy that ate the vegetarian lunch. I, I'll take the stairs because that's what that guy would do. Or if you, you know, get up before work and do your exercise, then it's time for breakfast. The likelihood that you're going to eat a very unhealthy breakfast right after you exercise, no, you're going to go for something good because you're the person that woke up at six o'clock to exercise. You deserve a healthy breakfast. So I'm a huge fan, at least in concept, of the idea of the health halo, that when you do something good to your for your body and kind to yourself, it will create a little bit of a, a ripple effect that hopefully will inform some of your other experiences throughout the day. Those are some really, really great tips. I love those. And I, I like what, how you said the, the halo effect, because it's very true. It, could, it can almost have like... um. The, the the health halo, like you said, like a snowball effect. You do one thing, and then you kind of okay, I'll do this thing, and I'll do this thing, and for you know that you know by the end of the day, you've done a handful of things that are, feel in alignment for what you want to be doing in terms of your health goals. I think we've all experienced situations in our lives where the opposite can happen too, right? Where you make the less healthy decision, and then you're like, ah, I'll just do this because I did that thing before, and I don't care about that. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, it, 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 you can snowball in a negative way too. And mm-hmm. so uh, being mindful of that, realizing that your body and your brain are so kind of uh, uh, open to suggestion, I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that kind of brings me to my next question of mind mindset and thoughts. Do you have any tips and tricks or recommendations on how to keep the a mindset that would be in alignment for moving towards heart health? I guess what I think about is we all have different ideas in our heads of who we are, um, you know, our identities. And some of those things are, are, are perhaps more fixed uh, than others. But some are pretty malleable and can be changed. And I believe that people who have good experiences with healthier behaviors, I believe that on some level, they tend to have an identity in which those healthy behaviors are just kind of part of it. Um, It's who they think they are. It's who they think they are can be or should be or get to be um, and deserve to be. And so something that I, I I think I mentioned it a second ago a little bit is I think to myself, well, a person who, the person that I want to be, what would that person be doing? You know, the, the kind of person that uh, is, I don't know, in, in, in great physical shape or who eats all the colors of the rainbow or who has lower stress, what would they be doing when they walk into this cafeteria at noon on a Tuesday? And I, I don't necessarily play that out like in this internal dialogue like I'm doing for you guys. The more it's just this quick thing well, I'm the person who does this. I get to do this. And I, that last part of 
I deserve to do this is really important too. Because I do believe that a lot of times in our lives we sabotage ourselves because of some belief that, you know, maybe we don't really deserve to have a certain experience or be a certain way. And I think that uh, that's silly uh, to a great extent. And that doesn't mean that it's easy to combat, but I just don't think there's much substance to it. And so starting kind of from a place where you think, yeah, no, this is something I, you know, we, we were talking before, I belong here. Well, I think that that mindset is, is key. I belong in this place where I should be able to do all these things I want to do. And these are the tactics and the behaviors that'll get me there. So here I go. I love that. Becoming more in touch with what what a person needs in order to thrive and what a person actually deserves. We're all valuable. We're all inherently valuable and worthy. And it's important for all of us to embrace that and to allow ourselves to feel safe to receive, to feel safe to receive health, which seems kind of silly to say like, oh, of course, yeah, I feel safe to receive, but most of us actually on a, on a deeper level really don't feel that way. So reframe, I love that reframe of, you know, saying I actually, I deserve this and I feel safe to receive this can be really powerful. Another way that your case is so convincing to me, Jamie, is that you, you define achieving healthy habits as a, a mastery experience. And last time I checked, mastery experiences are pretty awesome things to feel, right? Uh, when I r- ran my first half marathon um, and you know, when I got to a, a, a target weight uh, by setting my intention and then being diligent with my behaviors until I got there. It's such a satisfying feeling experiencing mastery. And this is what you're really describing. Yeah. And and I think that I would just add that, you know, when people hear the word mastery, it might imply that they are the best at something or super good at something. But I guess it, it also means I have accomplished the thing I want to accomplish. And, you know, for, for a person who walks a 5K, that's mastery if that was the thing they wanted to accomplish. Um, and, you know, in, in uh, the psychological literature, sociological literature, there are these terms that you see things like self-efficacy and self-actualization. And they're just fancy terms for that experience that people get when they accomplish something that they wanted to accomplish. And I believe that when we do that, it truly becomes part of our identity. And the cool thing is that you can break down any seemingly insurmountable task into those pieces where there are lots of little things to accomplish. Um, you know, you imagine somebody who's, uh, I don't know, in, in, in school and they're trying to get a degree in something. Well, 
you know, you don't just get a degree, you have to take these things called classes. Each of the classes is its own little mastery experience. But then when you break down each of those classes, well, they have homework each week. And so you kind of break down the things further and further. And then, you know, on a given day of the week, you're like, oh, this is what I have to do. I'm going to do it. And you don't always have to worry about that huge overarching goal uh, if you kind of conceptualize things in terms of the smaller ones. It, it can be another path uh, towards getting there and towards experiencing that mastery when you ultimately do cross that finish line, whatever it might be. Well, you have done a, a great job of making adopting a healthy lifestyle so appealing and so noble. And yet I can't help but feel like this is also humanity's modern struggle, <laughs> keeping a healthy diet and staying regular with an exercise routine amid the other myriad habits that go into keeping one's heart healthy. My question is, do you have any tips on how we can make this easier on ourselves, either to get started or to stay with it? Yeah, so it's, it's obviously the gazillion dollar question, right? Uh, so many people are probably asking or trying to answer the same thing. Um, I fully acknowledge there isn't a, a silver bullet for it. Um, one of the ways that I try to imagine the answer to this question is with uh, an example from uh, uh, thinking about finances or money. So when we think about the prospect of saving money over the long term for retirement, etc., the way that we save money, uh, there's lots of different choices. You know, uh, somebody gets a, a paycheck from their job, they could just kind of watch it accumulate in a savings account um, and hope that at some point, you know, they saved more than they spent and that things will work out in the end. Um, that doesn't necessarily seem like the best way to save money, though. Um, you know, years ago, our uh, government actually came up with this idea called retirement accounts, right? Where we have these tax savings that we get where if we automatically put in money with every paycheck into these accounts, we it makes it very hard to touch the account until you retire. And then when you do retire, you get these tax benefits that you wouldn't have gotten if you had just put the money in your bank account. And so for folks who do choose to participate in that kind of retirement planning, obviously they're not making a decision on a weekly basis. Hmm, am I going to put money into my retirement account? They just get it done automatically. And so for that purpose, automating the approach seems to maybe be, uh, maybe have some advantages as compared to a choice-based approach where on a weekly basis, somebody would say, I am now going to physically, you know, put 
$100 into this savings account or something like that. So how can we imagine ways to automate healthy choices in our lives? Well, obviously, at, at some point, you have to make the choice to do it. And much in the same way that you make the choice to uh, put money into a 401k uh, once a year or something like that. So for me, I think that choice related to diet and exercise comes down to a few pain points or pressure points. One of them is how a person grocery shops, uh, because what you buy will have a great deal to do with what you can consume. And as far as the exercise part goes, I already shared that a little bit, which is thinking of exercise as an appointment that one needs to keep on a regular basis. And that's not to say, you know, like, of course, it, it, it's also very valuable and important and healthy to get up and move throughout your day and not be sitting in a chair for 12 hours a day. Um, that stuff's all true. But I, I think that for the idea of uh, exercise, where a person is saying, I choose to exercise at this moment for the next bit of time, I think that if if you know that you have this time as part of your day that is devoted to it and nothing else goes in that spot, I think that you'll generally be a little bit more successful. Um, I started doing that myself probably, uh, gosh, eight or nine years ago, like very seriously just thinking about it in that way. And I probably haven't missed a day of exercise in five years. And that's not because I have willpower or that I'm awesome. Um, and it certainly doesn't mean that like I'm as, uh, you know, fit as a lot of people might be, but it just means that that system worked for me because I don't have to choose to do it. I just know that my alarm is going to go off and that's the thing I do. And somehow that's almost relaxing to me because now I don't have to make any choices. Perfect. Like if sometimes on a Saturday, if for some reason I, you know, some weekends uh, have the, the complications and stuff that they can. And if I don't get up that morning and do it the same way I normally do, I actually find it somewhat stressful to think, oh, no, it's 3 p.m. Oh, I don't feel like doing it now. Maybe I'll do it at five. You know, so I don't care for that kind of situation where I almost put myself in the position where I have to make choices. So I'd, I'd rather, to the extent that I'm capable, just kind of make it automatic. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just doing it then. And that seems to work for me. It doesn't mean that that will work for everybody, though, and I appreciate that. I am struck by what you said about automating the process. I know when I brush my teeth that I do it because it's anchored into my evening ritual. Sure, I care about my dental health, but I'm not thinking about my dental health when I brush my teeth. I just do it. So the better of a job I can do at anchoring healthy activities into my day so that they occur routinely and automatically, the better off I'm going to be in the long term. Yeah, I think it works. And, you know, it, it's a fair point to say, listen, let's say you also were obsessed with your dental health, 
you might brush your teeth better than the way you do it kind of blah, blah, routinely. So that's, that's even a bigger plus. Like if you're psyched about it and you love brushing your teeth, good for you. Um, but not everybody is uh, so lucky. And so for, you know, for everybody else, yeah, finding a way just to kind of make it automatic. I don't have to think about it. It's just, yeah, it's just what I do. Hmm. Wonderful, Dr. Beckerman. Well, we are so stoked and so excited to have you here. And what you shared today is going to be very beneficial for our listeners. So we really appreciate your time. Is Are there any last words of wisdom you'd like to give? And if so, what are they? And in addition to that, where uh, can people find you if they want to learn more about Heart to Start and um, get involved with that? Sure. Um, you know, the, at the end of the day, I think we just have to be a little bit easier on ourselves and recognize that this stuff is challenging for everyone. And I, I even think that the people who look like it's easy, it's hard for them too. you know, even like your favorite movie star who looks, uh, you know, so uh, fit for their like superhero movie. You always like read interviews where they talk about how brutal it was and how they didn't exercise for three months after the last day of filming. And so even for the people who have every resource, um, available to them it is difficult and that's why i think that simplifying as much as we can automating as much as makes sense and frankly finding a, a community of people whether it's uh, virtual or otherwise that kind of has that same sensibility that you two that you have as well i think uh, will set you up for success in terms of uh, more information um uh, people can check us out at welcometobasecamp.org, which is the website for our prevention and wellness uh, center here at, at Providence Heart Institute. Um, and I'm also uh, on Twitter at James Beckerman. If people want to hit me up and have any questions, always happy to share. All right, everyone, you heard him. Hit him up on Twitter. He's game. <laughs> Thank Jamie, you so it's been much. great hanging out with you today and keep up the righteous work. You're awesome. You guys too. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening today. If you're a Providence member and you'd like more information about your complimentary health coaching benefit, please visit providencehealthplan.com slash health coach. We only take on a limited amount of members because it's so personalized, individualized, and tailored to your needs. So if you're interested, go ahead and visit that website today. 